is Pentecost Sunday and I'm going to be as fundamental and as basic as I can be because we understand that there are new people joining our church all the time and some have not been exposed to this third person of the Trinity, this wonderful uh, personality called the Holy Spirit. So this morning we're going to talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Now, Pentecost is, there are seven festivals that the people of God were supposed to celebrate every year. There were seven festivals. Uh, the, one of it is the Feast of Pentecost. It's one of the festivals they celebrated every year. And the word Pentecost means 50th. It's a Greek word, Pentecost, which means the 50th. Normally, uh, Pentecost is celebrated uh, on the 50th day after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So we had Easter in the month of April. When you count from the day of Jesus Christ's resurrection to today, uh, the 23rd of May, today is the 50th day, which is Pentecost. You remember when Jesus came out of the grave, he lived on earth for 40 days. He stayed on earth for 40 days, appearing to several people. And then on the 40th day, Jesus ascended into heaven. And after his ascension, on that 40th day, he said to his disciples, do not go anywhere. You go and remain in Jerusalem because I'm going to send to you the promise of my father. So my father will, he will send you the promise. of. And so on the 10th day, the Bible said they were assembled in the upper room in Jerusalem. They were gathered there and, and just praying and seeking the face of God. Mary and the other disciples, the Bible tells us that there were 120 people at first, it was 500 people. When Jesus ascended into heaven, there were 500 people who were there to see him off in his ascension. But when he spoke to them, it was 500 people, but only 120 people took to heart what he told them. And they went to the upper room and they prayed day one, day two, day three. They prayed for nine days. And on the 10th day, which from resurrection is Pentecost, something extraordinary took place on that very day that has redefined planet earth that has changed history and changed life as we know it are you with me this morning church by the way pentecost sunday actually is the birthday of the church let me ask a question do you have a birthday everybody have a birthday come on now you you, you have a Birthday means the day you were born. I mean, I mean, it's not a Greek word. Birthday is not a Hebrew or Greek word. The day you were born. So, Pentecost Sunday is the... So, today when we gather, we are celebrating the birthday of the church. The church was born on the day of Pentecost. The church was conceived in power. The church was born in authority. And from that day... Uh, planet earth has never recovered from this third person of the trinity now i gotta tell you this now that I, there are a lot of people who are very familiar with god the father i mean for one thing when you talk about god the father they do have an image of god the father and then there are people by the way the old testament was like the dispensation of the father so hardly you you see the holy spirit there but very limited behind the scene in the Old Testament, 
the Holy Spirit, the Son behind the scene. And then when we come to the New Testament, that's from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it was a dispensation of the Son. And during this time, the Father, the Holy Spirit were behind the scene. And Jesus was the one in the forefront. But then Jesus said, you know what? I'm going back to the Father. And when I go back, I'm going to send the third person of the Godhead called the Holy Spirit. The question is, who is the Holy Spirit? Now, I have done a lot of research and found out what some people say. Let me tell you what the Jehovah's Witness say who the Holy Spirit is. The Jehovah's Witness say that the Holy Spirit is not a person. That is just a force. That he is a force and, um, and, 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 and that he has no, he doesn't have a personality. Uh, and uh, but, but the reason why is because they really haven't read the scripture. Because when you read the book of John, the Bible uses a personal pronoun to describe him. They, they, they said the Holy Spirit is the finger of God. So they said, well, your finger has no personality. But the Holy Spirit is more than the finger of God. He is a, a person. Are you with me this morning, church? He is a person because in John chapter 16, verse number 7 and 8, Jesus said, It is nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, look at what the Bible calls him the helper. So that's another one of his work. The Holy Spirit is what his job is to help us. So the helper will not come. Then the helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send it to you. I just want to see if you are awake or not. He said, I will send it to you. I will send him to you. I don't call my finger him. So that means here, I will send him to you. So what does that tell us? That the Holy Spirit is a person. Help me tell your neighbor, the Holy Spirit is a person. He is a person. He is a person. Because why do I know that he's a person? Because the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, it says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit. Because you've been sealed with him. You've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to grieve? To hurt? To offend? He said, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit. I can't grieve my finger. You can, you, a person can be grieved. The word grieve means to hurt. Well, it tells us that the things that grieves him are bitterness, unforgiveness. This grieves him. To grieve him means... You deny him the work he came to do in your life. Whenever you, you walk in bitterness and, and unforgiveness, and you will not forgive people, oh, he hurts the person of the Holy Spirit. Because he said, you are denying me an area, a work I came to do in your life, but you've been bitter and unforgiveness and walking in offense. You are denying me from doing what I came to do in your life. So the Holy Spirit is the person. I know we've been relating to him. Now, the Bible uses different ways to characterize him. For instance, 
the Bible talks about uh, the Holy Spirit manifesting as, as a wind. Now, folks, he is not wind. But he has wind-like characteristics. Now, the Holy Spirit is not fire. But he has fire-like characteristics. The Holy Spirit is not dough, a dove. But he has the gentility of a dove. Are you with me this morning, church? You know, so fire, that's just a, a manifestation, but that's not him. He, he, he's, he's, he's different from, he just manifests like fire. And when he comes into your life, he produces fire-like characteristics in your life. And that fire part of the Holy Spirit is so important because that's for your zeal. That's for your passion. That's to keep you going without losing your passion and your zeal and your love for God. In other words, as you fellowship with the Holy Spirit, you are going to see that fire-like characteristics being manifested in your life. As you fellowship with the Holy Spirit, he's going to produce this wind. Wind has to do with dexterity. In other words, he's so quick you can produce predict who he is and the bible says so is everyone that is born again that when you become born again nobody can predict where you are coming from nobody can tell what is up are you hearing me in our church nobody can put you in a box and say this is the end of your life no 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 you can't put a box a win in a box that's your life you are say amen this morning church now so that's the person of the holy spirit now, Pentecost is not a denomination. It's not a denomination. It's for everybody. You know? It's for everybody. So there's God the Father, there's God the Son, and then there is God the Holy Spirit. At the baptism of Jesus, we saw all three personalities. There are not many... Uh, occasions where you see all three of them show up but there are several instances in the new testament where all three of them show up at the same time one of them is in river jordan at the baptism of jesus at the baptism of jesus there were three people present jesus was there being baptized by john the baptist and then secondly the holy spirit came upon jesus at the baptism and then the father's voice came this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased so all three of them were present during this moment so that tells you that the father is distinct the son is distinct the holy spirit is distinct but all of them they walk as one and that's the way it should be with us as believers in the church unity it's just like you you are a spirit you have a soul you live in a house called a body you are made in the class of god animals don't have spirit soul and body only you and i have spirit soul and body so we are made in the class of god we can function and reason at the frequency of God at the frequency of Elohim. Say amen. amen. So the Holy Spirit he is the administrator and the executor of the plans of God. When the Holy Spirit, when God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit makes a decision, the person who carries it out 
is the person of the Holy Spirit. Whenever they agree on anything, the Holy Spirit is the one that carries it out. And, and, and when you welcome the, the Holy Spirit in your life, the Holy Spirit doesn't just come in your life empty-handed. He brings gifts with him. He brings gifts with him. Not only does he bring gifts, but he brings fruits with him. He brings fruit. He brings gift. He brings fruit. He brings gift. Fruit are for your benefit and the benefit of the people in your life. For instance, one of the fruits he brings is the fruit of patience. In other words, when the Holy Spirit is present in your life, he produces patience in your life. But the thing about patience, when you are patient, your spouse is not just the only beneficiary of you being patient. You too, you are a beneficiary of that very fruit as well. But not only that, he brings gifts. He brings, he brings about nine fruits, nine gifts. Nine fruits, nine gifts. The, the nine fruits are love, joy, peace, gentleness, meekness, faithfulness, self-control. These are the fruits that he brings. And then he brings gifts. First Corinthians chapter 12, there are gifts he brings. Uh, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, uh, the discerning of spirit. Uh, prophecy, tongues, interpretation, the working of miracles, uh, the gifts of healing. By the way, you said the gifts of healing. That means healings manifested differently. When it comes to healing, God can use so many methods to bring your healing. He could choose to use miracles. He could choose to bring healing. But even healing, there are different ways. But that's not what we're talking about today. I want to introduce you to this third person of the Godhead in case you've not been acquainted with him yet. Although there are people who have been filled, with the, with, filled in the Holy Spirit and they saw that as an, as a matter of fact, I'm preaching right now. Such people are thinking, well, this is not for me. Yeah, pastor, talk to them. This is not for me. Yeah, I already feel with the Holy Spirit. And I'm speaking in tongues. I'm already filled with the Holy Spirit. And so, they see the baptism in the Holy Spirit as an end. But then I wanted to open up your mind this morning because there is more to the Holy Spirit than just speaking in tongues. Too many people have limited him to just speaking in tongues, but he has more and you are missing out on so many dimensions and so many benefits and so many blessings that they bring. And I want to tell you, Pentecost is not an event, it's a lifestyle. That every day, we have Pentecost every day. Now folks, there are three baptisms in, in the New Testament. How many baptisms? How many baptisms? Three baptisms. Three baptisms. One baptism is the baptism uh, of the Holy Spirit. That's First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse number thirteen. That is one type of baptism. First Corinthians twelve thirteen, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by what church? By one spirit. And we all share the same spirit. Now this is one type of baptism. This baptism, the person responsible for this baptism is the Holy Spirit himself. This happens at salvation. When you gave your life to Jesus Christ. When you became born again. The Holy Spirit took you and baptized you into the body of Christ. 
this happens when come and help me when does this happen at salvation when you became born again remember now i said there are three baptisms the, the day you say jesus i recognize that you died for me and that god sent you to die for me i receive you i make you my lord at that very moment the holy spirit takes you and it does what he immerses you into the body of christ by the way the word baptism is a greek word called baptizo baptizo means to be immersed or to be dipped in so, the day you became born again, you were immersed, you were dipped in, you were, you were baptized into the body of who? Of Jesus Christ. If you are born again, you've experienced this very baptism. Amen? But then there is a second baptism, and it's the baptism of water. And the person responsible for this baptism are the disciples. The disciples, in, in Matthew chapter 28, verse number 19, Jesus said, Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel and and therefore go and and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them how in the name of the father and son and the holy spirit here we see the trinity here again we see them here again baptizing somebody came to me one day and said pastor you are not supposed to baptize in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit that you are supposed to baptize in jesus name only and he said to me if you don't baptize in jesus name only you are not he was he used to come to our church here he said pastor i will join your church but you always baptize people in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit pastor i love your church i love your teaching but i don't like the fact that you baptize in in in, in the trinity you should baptize in jesus name only i said well don't blame me blame jesus this is what jesus the founder of christianity says he said when you go and they receive you baptize them how in the name of what the father in the name of the son in the name of the but folks let me even tell you this even if you got baptized in jesus name only we don't need to disagree because there is no quarrel or contention between the father the son and the holy spirit there is no jealousy among them they are not fighting with each other that's why God wants you and I, the church, to be like the Father. To be as one. See, 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 somebody said to me, well, when you worship the Father, the, 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 when you worship the Holy Spirit, does God get jealous? No. Well, what if you start praising Jesus? If you start praising Jesus, does the Father get jealous? No, there is no competition among them. Well, the same thing in our body. If one member of our body is being celebrated, don't get jealous. We are all one. We are members of the same body. If something good happens to a brother or a sister, what do we? We take it personally as though it happened to us. This is God's doing. Can somebody say amen this morning, church? And then in Romans chapter 6 verse number 4, uh, Paul goes on again to tell us about this baptism. So, like some of you who have not yet been baptized, it is a set order of God that the moment you become born again, that you should be water baptized. Romans tells us, he said, we were therefore buried with him through what church? Through baptism. Now, what kind of baptism is this? This is not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It is the baptism of, by water. 
the disciples, you and I, are the ones that are responsible for immersing people or baptizing them. I grew up in the Catholic Church. I went to Catholic school, and in the Catholic Church, they just sprinkle water on my forehead. But that is not. But but, but that's not immersion. Immersion means we dip your whole body inside the water. One preacher say, "Well, some people went in dry." sinners and they came back up wet sinners but that's not the way it should be because baptism signifies something it says it says we are buried with him we are buried into his death in other words just as christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the father we too may live what church a new life so what a baptism signifies something in our church here we don't believe in infants baptism we don't baptize little children. You know why? Because they don't know the significance of what it means. So we don't do things just for the fun of it, just for the sake of it. When we baptize, you have to know what it means. Baptism, water baptism means when I'm dipped in the water, I am identifying with his death. That when Jesus died, I died with him. And then when we bring you out of the water, it's identifying with the resurrection of Jesus that like he got up out of the grave me too I'm, I'm alive say amen this morning church so now that's two baptism there is the baptism of the Holy Spirit the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a baptism into the body of Christ first Corinthians chapter 12 verse 13 then there's the baptism of water that talks about what Matthew 28 19 uh, that's the baptism that you know after you've given your life to Jesus Christ that's the one but then there is a third baptism which is immersion which means to be dipped in now this one is in Matthew chapter 3 verse 11 this is Jesus talking Matthew chapter 3 verse number 11 John says this he said there is one he said I baptize with water that's John talking now what is the John's type of baptism is the baptism unto repentance in other words you've just given your life to Jesus Christ baptism is a demonstration and a declaration to the whole world that I have a relationship with Jesus Christ let me put it this way it's like um dinner and her husband, they were engaged for, you see, eight months or something like that. But nobody knew it. It was secret. Many, many people didn't know. They were all undercover during the dating period. They were getting to know each other. You know? Hello, church. I tell people when you are going, you know, don't, you can have premature going out. Okay, they didn't get that part. Yeah. Somebody say, I love you. Hey, everybody. No, man, wait now. Let's find them out, first of all. So, 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 but then something happened. Last Saturday, she got married. And so, that was her wedding day. The wedding day is the day that she announced to the whole world that I'm with him. And he say, I'm with her. Well, on the day of water baptism, it's an, an announcement to the whole world, to the principalities and the power that I'm not ashamed of Jesus Christ. That's the same thing. <laughs> That's the same thing. The day we dip in the water, you are telling the principalities and the powers and the demonic forces that I'm not ashamed of this man. That water baptism is going public with your faith. It's letting the whole world know I'm with this man called Jesus Christ of Nazareth. 
is making a declaration and an announcement to the host of the world that I identify with this person. So here's what Jesus said in Matthew 3.11. He says, in Matthew 3.11, he says, I baptize, with, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming. <laughs> I love this. See, there's somebody coming. Someone is coming. And this person, he is greater than I am. So much greater that I don't even deserve to go and untie his sandals. He said, when he comes, this is what will happen. Come on, help me read the next statement together. He will do what, church? He will. No, come on now. Come on now. Do, do, do it louder. Come on, let's do it again. He will do what, church? He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and, and fire. In other words, his baptism is different from the other two baptisms. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, that's different. The baptism of water, that's different. He said his baptism brings something additional. Not only will he baptize you with the Holy Spirit, but there will be fire accompanying this very baptism. Why fire? Oh my God, there's no time for us to study the properties and the characteristics of fire. Are you hearing me now? In other words, when you encounter this third person of the Trinity, there is a fire connection that goes with this work. That fire is what keeps you burning. Keeps your zeal on fire for God. Come on, let's celebrate the Holy Spirit this morning. Hallelujah. There's something so amazing about this important personality of the Godhead. There's something so important. In other words, as I fellowship with him, you know, I've met people who, you know, they, they are on fire for God and then they go down. You see them burning for God and then they go down. And you know, just sometimes, I mean, you see them, they say, you know, on Sunday they say, I'm more than a conqueror. But on, on Monday they say, I'm more than conquered. I mean, I've, see, see, this church, I've pastored this church for almost, almost, uh, July will be 24 years of pastoring this church. Uh, well, yes, let's give God praise. He's been faithful to us. Faithful to us. I don't feel like it's up to 24 years. But when you are doing what you are called to do, you don't even feel it. I'm saying, man, 24 years has already come and gone. So when you come to overcome us, I'm not a rookie. This is Benimomo 2.0. Now, I'm telling you that this version you are getting now has experience, exposure, has had, I've, have, I've, I've got some, I'm not a rookie. I'm, I didn't start yesterday. I've, I've, I've got some things under my belt. No, I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you that. Amen. Amen. So, you see, when this Holy so as you fellowship with him, he says, and I'm going to talk about that later on. As you fellowship with him, there are things he will begin to do in your life. Here is the question. Is it possible for you to have received the baptism in the Holy Spirit and yet you are not fellowshipping with him? Oh, we see that all the time. People speak in tongues. And then, psh, that's the end of it. Because their lives does not reflect it. Speaking in tongues is not the only sign that one has received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. There are other qualities. There are other signs such as your life transform. Your life change. You are not who you used to be. Your desire has changed. You are not. 
Can I get them in church? You can have an encounter with him and, and then after speaking in tongues, you go to the store and shoplift. And that's, not, not, that's not him. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. He produces change in the believer's life. He brings about transformation in the believer's life. Can, can I get him in this morning, church? So, 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 the baptism of the Holy Spirit and then the baptism of water and then the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Who is responsible for the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Jesus. Absolutely. Jesus is the one responsible for baptism in the Holy Spirit. Who is responsible for the baptism of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit himself. In 1 Corinthians 12 verse 13. Who is responsible for water, water baptism? The disciples. Maybe she said, Rachel, maybe you could put all three of them on the screen so they can see that themselves. That there are three baptisms. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. And who is responsible for that? The Holy Spirit. The baptism of water. Who is responsible for that? The disciples. And then thirdly, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Who is responsible? Some of you are not sure. Well, we read it just now. John said in Matthew 3.11, the one coming after me, he will baptize you he will submerge you he will dip you he will immerse you in the holy spirit did, did you get that church okay so so we got that now so the, so, the, so jesus is responsible for the baptism in the holy spirit and 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 what does it mean to be immersed it means he will immerse you with the holy spirit and with fire he will immerse you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. In other words, this Holy Spirit that's coming carries fire with us. And that fire helps to melt away any addiction, any bondage, any shackle, any hold that the devil has on your life. As you submit to him, as you partner with him, as you fellowship with him, that fire will begin to melt away and dissolve and dry away anything that wants to hold you. You remember the man called Samson? The Bible tells us that, uh, uh, you know, he was so anointed. The Spirit of God was on him from day one. And the Bible said there was a day that the, the Philistines were just so afraid of Samson. He was a terror to them. And they partnered with a woman. And Samson said, if you tie me with brand new ropes, tie my legs with brand new rope, I will become like any other man. And the Bible tells us that they tied his hands, tied his legs, and then the Philistines came and the woman said, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. And the Bible said, at that very moment, you see, the rope melted like wax. Well, you too, as you fellowship with the Holy Spirit, anything the devil wants to use to bind you or to cripple you or to limit you it will begin to melt away i pray for you right now that whatever sickness or disease that has come to bind you melt like wax right now in the name of jesus you need to say a better amen amen melt away we read about a man but in church history by the name of a uh, John G. Lake. John G. Lake was a missionary to South Africa. And there was a disease that broke out in South Africa. And this disease was deadly, just like 
the coronavirus. It's just a deadly disease. Whenever it comes in contact with anybody, the person dies. Nobody survives this very sickness. But they realize something about this man called John G. Lake. This guy is walking about as though nothing is happening. Nothing is happening. Why is he not dead? Why is he not being affected by the virus? Well, they did something. They took the disease, the virus, took him to the lab, and they, uh, they brought, once you come in contact with your skin, you die. Well, they put it under the, the, uh, John G. Lake's skin to see what will happen. They couldn't see with their naked eyes, so they took lens, and they began to look at him, and they discovered that as soon as this disease touched John G. Lake's body, there was like a fire insulation between the virus and John G. Lake's body. The disease has no effect on John G. Lake's body. I want to let you know right now, that's why virus or no virus, mutant or no mutant, South African virus, I don't care where it comes from. Come on, you can be so full of the Holy Ghost in your life that no disease is a match for the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Can somebody shout amen? Life is supposed to respond to you as though you are God. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Uh, Acts chapter 28. There's, there's a snake that kills everybody. Whoever got bitten by the snake, here's what will happen. Their spot will swell up. The person will fall down and then they will die. This has been happening for, for years. They've documented the result. They know the prognosis. They know what is going to happen. As soon as this snake bites you, you are done for. It's over with. You will not survive it. You will not make it. It was a very poisonous snake. It, it was so terrible. But something of, So Paul was gathering sticks. And while gathering sticks, this snake bit him. And when he was beaten, the Bible said the islanders, they stood by and they are saying, <laughs> any moment from now, let's make sure his life insurance policy is already paid for. We are about to cash in now. He's done. He's over with. The Bible tells us the people waited for him to swell up or suddenly drop dead. But when they had waited a long time and saw that he was in harm, they changed their minds and decided he was a god. I love the scripture. So they waited for a long time. I want to prophesy over you. Whoever wants to see your downfall, they will wait a long time. Whoever has written your obituary, your ministry obituary, your relationship obituary, whoever wrote you off and say it's over, they will wait how long? A long time. Come on, shout hallelujah. They waited for a while. They, came, they won. They were waiting. Oh, there's the word. Somebody here, your spouse or a man or a woman walked out of your life. And they said, once I leave them, once I walk out, once I step out of their life, they will have no place to stay. Nothing will work for them. The Lord is sent me to tell you, they need to hang around and see what God is about to do in your life. He prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Whew. Shout hallelujah.
They waited for a while. They sought. Oh, that is the pastor waiting for me, watching me. I don't know what country you're watching me from. But the Lord is telling me that there are people waiting for your church to fold up. They've written your obituary. They've written you off. They've counted you out and said, we'll never hear from you again. The Lord is asking me to tell you that you're stepping into the greatest season of your comeback, of your bounce back from that very setback in the name of Jesus. Somebody rejoice in the Lord. Hallelujah. You know what the scripture says? Said they waited for a while. And the Bible said when they waited, nothing happened. Said they changed their mind. And they decided that this guy is not in the realm of humanity. It's not like us. I want to let you know, child of God, you are not a mere person. You are not ordinary. Come on, are you hearing me in our church? Live response to you at the frequency of Elohim, at the frequency of Elohim of God. Sound hallelujah. That's why. The pastor, what if the, if the virus comes in contact with you? It ain't gonna kill me. Come on. I mean, some of you got it, but you're still here. Tell your neighbor I'm still here. The man left, but I'm still here. The woman left, but I'm still here. The job left, I'm still here. Woo! Hallelujah. Man, let me teach more. I love teaching. Let me teach you more. Let me teach you more. <laughs> so, in Acts chapter 1, in Acts chapter 1 from 4 to 5, so after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, he gathered the disciples and he said to them, go to Jerusalem and wait. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised as I told you before. Verse number five. John baptized with water. But in just a few days. You will be what church? Baptized with the Holy Spirit. That is the promise. This is Jesus talking to them. He says just wait there. Then in Luke 29, 49. He says it's the same thing. He said behold I send the promise of my father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem. Until what happened church? You are endured. With what church? With power. You know what it means to be endured? It means to be close on. The word endure means to, to cover, to, for you to have, for, you know, the power just comes on you. Just, just comes on you. And, and when that power comes on you, that transforms you from who you are. Like, for instance, when this power comes on you, and here you, you belong to this family, and there's been poverty plaguing the whole family, or cancer plaguing the whole family, or no matter what has been plaguing the family, but when you show up, and then this cloth comes on you, you are the one that said the show stops here. It, this is not going on anymore. And that's what God does for us. He raises us up to wipe away diseases and poverty and lack from our lineage. Can I get an amen this morning, church? You cannot live successfully in this world, I mean, effectively, without this third person of the Trinity. And I know what you're talking about, but I got money. Well, folks, how many times have we seen movie actors and rich people they have money. They have the guy who did uh, the Passion of the Christ. 
uh, I can't remember his name now. He had so much money. He was very wealthy. Every dream he had came to pass. But yet he wanted to jump and kill himself. Because what this power, this third person of the Trinity brings, money cannot bring it. As a matter of fact, when you have this power in your life, even if you have no money, you will still carry joy. You are still happy. There is something about him. So I also wonder, why don't people want to embrace him? Why don't people want to welcome him? You know, the reason why people want to receive him is because many people went to churches where there was so much drama and religion going on about the Holy Spirit. My wife grew up in a church in Alabama. And she used to tell me stories about her church. And she used to tell me about this church. There was this particular lady. Her own, when her own Holy Ghost starts, she'll start tearing up the church. And people say, well, if that's what the Holy Spirit is, I don't want that Holy Spirit. No, that's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't tear stuff down. So if you are tearing stuff down, you got a ghost, but it ain't holy. That's not God at work. Oh, yeah. Okay, for how God going to tell me to build a church and then you want to tear it down and say the Holy Spirit made you do it? So it's just entertainment. So many of you have gone to churches where people, when the Holy Spirit comes, they do things that makes you wonder that they look weird. Somebody say, well, don't read the book of Revelations because if you read the book of Revelations, you're going to... Oh, you've never heard that? That if you read the book of Revelations, you're going to go mad. Or you're going to lose your mind. No, folks, before they start reading the book of Revelations, they have something has already happened there. <laughs> because the scripture say, blessed are those who read this. Those who read it, they are blessed. So are you going to go mad? No, no, that's a lie. That's religion. So we've been to churches where there are all kinds of drama, all kinds of shows, all kinds of things that goes on. And some people say, well, if that's what the Holy Spirit is like, I'm fine. But you are not fine. Because if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit in his life in order to live the way he lived, how, what about you and I? I don't know about you, but whatever God has, I want it. Come on, I say, I, whatever God has for me, I want it. I want you to know something. When this power showed up on the day of Pentecost, when it showed up, we saw the lives of the disciples before when Jesus was arrested. All his disciples ran away for fear. They scattered. There was a lot of timidity. There was a lot of cowardice. They were all scared. They ran away for cover. But something happened on the day of Pentecost. And when they become clothed and endured with this power, Peter stood before the whole council and said, guys, you killed him. But God raised them up. Peter was not afraid. As a matter of fact, when they saw Peter and the other disciples, the Bible said they took note of them. They took note of them. They paid attention to them. And this is what their conclusion was. said they have been with him. So when you have the Holy Spirit, there should be evidence in your life that tells us that you have been with Jesus. You have... Folks, people can tell when you have been with him. People can also tell when you are faking it, when you have not been with him. Well, we can tell. We can tell. You know? 
We can tell. Amen. So when the Holy Spirit comes in the life of the believer, he enhances us. He helps us. He helps us. So let's see the book of um, uh, uh, Acts chapter 8. We see these three baptisms in the book of Acts chapter 8 about, uh, here's what happened. But when they believed Philip, Philip was an evangelist. Philip started out as a deacon. He started out as a deacon. And that's the thing about God. You can start as an usher. You can start as somebody cleaning the floor. You can start anywhere. But that is not your end. As you continue to grow and fellowship with him, you're going to discover that there are other things he's already put on the inside of you. Can I get him in this morning, church? So here's what happened. So Philip went to Samaria and then he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. Both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which were done. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. Why did they send them? Who when they had come down prayed for them that they might do what church? Come on now, that they might do what church? That they might receive the Holy Spirit. Why does it say that they might receive the Holy Spirit? Now the scripture never says anything about the giving part of the Holy Spirit. Why, why not? Well, this is many years have not come and gone after Pentecost. Pentecost is Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit has come. So verse number 8, he never left. So what happened? The disciples came and the Bible says, when they laid their hands on them, some, for who when they had come, then they lay hands on them. And when they lay hands on them, what happened church? So what, one of the ways that you can receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit is through what church? Through the, the laying on of hands, another believer, another Christ follower. And we can see that today we have our team. If your desire is to be filled in the Holy Spirit, our team can lay hands on you and help you to receive this, this gift that Jesus has promised you and I. Can I get him in church? We also see this again in Acts chapter 19. Another example in Acts chapter 19, verse number uh, uh, 1. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. Here is the question. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there's the Holy Spirit. Now let me ask the question. Why will Paul be asking them, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? There was something he saw. Something was missing in their lives. And he said, if an individual has received the baptism in the Holy Spirit and they're in constant communion and fellowship with the Holy Spirit, there are certain things that should, be, should characterize them. Paul looked at them and said, something is missing in your life. He said, he asked, have you received the Holy Spirit? They said, we've never heard of whether there's any Holy Spirit. Then he asked them, then unto what baptism were you baptized? They said the baptism of John. The baptism of John is the baptism of what church? Forgiveness of sins. Repentance. Water baptism. And then verse number 4 tells us, then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him whom will come after him that is on Christ Jesus. 
when they heard this they were baptized in the name of the lord jesus and when Paul had done what we see it again, Paul laid his hands on them. What happened? The Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and did what church? Prophesied. That means, can you be filled with the Holy Spirit today and still be able to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Come on, help me. Is it possible? Okay, some of you are not sure. Can you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit today and be able to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit? yes so whenever you're operating in the gifts of the holy spirit that is not a proof of your maturity just because you operate in the word of knowledge or the word of wisdom or you lay hands on people and they are healed that is not necessarily a sign that you are matured baby christians can still operate in the gifts of the holy spirit you can be born again today and encounter the holy spirit and operate in the gifts of the holy spirit now operating the gifts of the holy spirit what matures you are fruit matures you gift does not mature you a lot of people pursue gift charisma the pursue gift here is the thing about gift you better if you look at if you look at the, the high priest when he goes into the holy of holies he has a bell around his waist but in the midst of every bell there is a fruit called the pomegranate fruit it's inside that way the two bells will not be hitting each other there is a fruit in between first corinthians chapter 12 gifts 13 character fruit 14 gifts have you noticed that love a fruit of maturity is in between the two gifts first Corinthians chapter 12 is about the gifts of the holy spirit first Corinthians chapter 13 is about love character the fruit of the spirit first Corinthians chapter 14 talks about gifts and other things but a lot of people they just have chapter 12 and chapter 14 but chapter 13 is missing the love chapter there is no love in their life We should go after gift, but we should go after fruit as well. You see, gift will open up the door, but fruit will keep the door open. I've seen a lot of people that got their gifts made room for them, open up door for them. I mean, they got gifts, but there is no character. There is, and folks, gift does not make marriage work. Fruit makes marriage work. What makes marriage work is fruits. Go after fruit, not just gift gift announces you oh you're coming but what will keep you there is fruit love joy peace gentleness humility regardless of how much of the gifts of the holy spirit you operate you stay humble you say god is all about you it's your doing oh god not me so the Old Testament high priest has a pomegranate, a bell, bell. See, uh, gifts are very loud. But fruit are very quiet. When a real man wants to get married, they are not looking at the bell. They are looking at the fruit. Fruit is what makes marriage work. Patience, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness love unconditionally 
oh see when we talk about fruit you are not excited the gift excites people people want to see give them and give 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 but and i'm telling you from experience after my wife had her health issue after the issue of her health the fruit of patience Holy Spirit said to me, take it easy with your wife. Be patient with her. Help her. Take time with her. Don't make her feel like she's a burden on you. Let her know that it's an absolute joy and privilege and opportunity to serve her. Let her know she's not a burden. That's fruit. That's fruit. That's what makes marriage work. That's what makes friendship last. Well, you see anybody who's been a friend of somebody for 20 years, 10 years, 15 years, it's not because there haven't been issues between them, but they have matured. What matured you is, is not gift. Fruit matures you. Hello, church. Amen. And I can tell you, what are the things that matures fruit? What are the things that matures an apple? Sunlight. Water. Eh. Oh, these are all characteristics of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen. We need the gift. We need the fruit. But oh my God, if I have to choose one of them. The Bible says the greatest of this is hope, love. Remember 4th Corinthians chapter 13? Yeah. Patience. And, and I don't know why I'm even saying this. Folks, the area where your spouse is always getting on your skin, that is the fruit that is lacking in your life. The area where your daughter is getting on you, the area where your mother is getting on your nerves, that is the fruit. And your, those people are the sandpaper that God used to smoothing you off. And to, Man, I'm helping you this morning, man. Faithfulness has to do with integrity. I can tell you how many people speak in tongues one moment and the next moment. They lie, volunteer lie. You know what it means to volunteer lie? No, you don't even have to lie. There's no need for it. But is born out of pride. They want you to see them in a way that they know they are not that way. Is fake. They are not authentic. They are not real. When the Holy Spirit comes in your life, He produces authenticity and realness. When somebody makes a statement like they don't even know who they're dealing with. <laughs> Is it because of Sunday morning? Wait till Monday morning. We already know. We just haven't told you the real you. Yeah. Because when you encounter, man, I don't know what we're talking about. When you encounter the Holy Spirit. Folks, we have reduced them. Thank you, faith. We reduce the ministry of the Holy Spirit to speaking in tongues. But when nobody's watching, you are stealing.
And you lie the next moment. I'm coming. Nobody. There are some people, if they, their words ain't worth five cents, if they tell you they are coming, they are not coming. You can't count on them. You can't depend on them. They are not reliable. They have to, you see how quiet you've gotten right now. I need to dig in a lot better. We need men and women. One of the proof that you have the Holy Spirit is integrity, is character. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That You're undependable, unreliable. Nobody can count on you. And with the pandemic, the pandemic has given people a new excuse in life. Why did you come late? Uh, Pastor, the pandemic. That's why I came late. Why didn't you pay your bill? Uh, Pastor, you know the pandemic. You know, that's the whole thing. The devil is a liar. Folks, let me tell you something. Whenever God blesses you with anything, let it not be the reason why you are ineffective for God. I will never use my son as an excuse for a weak prayer life. I will never use my son as an excuse for coming to church late. I will never use my son as an excuse for being absent. No, that is a gift and a blessing from God. The gifts of God are to enhance your service of God. They are not to weaken you. Can, can I get them in church? When God gives you a house, don't say, well, pastor, I couldn't come to church because I was painting my house. The devil is a liar. He gave you that house. Take off from your job and go paint house. Don't take off from church. Some of you. And I'm trusting God. Because you're the latest couple in this church. Dina and uh, Oviri, Charles. They just got married. You will never use your marriage as an excuse. For spiritual incompetence. However way you are serving before. Marriage should not slow you down in your kingdom service. That's turning the blessing into something else. That's abusing the gift of God. Having a man should enhance your service. If you are walking before, you should be running now. Your generosity, your serving, everything God called you. Why? God answered your prayer by giving you a mate. When, before my son was born, our son was born, we used to be in church by 8.30. After my our son was born, I'm not going to be coming here at 9. Oh, pastor, you know how this thing is. You know how this thing No, I don't know. God, I will never turn what you've given me. It will not be an excuse why I cannot pray. If you used to get up at midnight to pray before, now that you have a child, find a way. Find a way. Don't let nothing corrupt your zeal. No. Say amen this morning, church. Woo! Woo. I, am I helping anybody this morning, church? Here's what I've discovered, church. Here's what I've discovered. And I'm very sorry. I'm going to pray for those of you. We're going to pray for you. Our team are going to pray for you. Because we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 14, Paul was summarizing his letter to the church in, uh, in Corinth. And in, in this is the closure, the final word, he says. And in this final word, we see the Trinity here as well. We see the Trinity right here. 
he talks about the grace and the joyous favor of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's Jesus. The unambiguous love of God. That's God at present. And then the precious communion that we share in the Holy Spirit. That's the Trinity there. So Paul said, folks, look, I'm rounding out my letter to you. But what is going to guarantee you? What is going to keep you? What is going to sustain you? Is this communion with the Holy Spirit. This communion with the Holy Spirit. That's the part I really want to talk to you about. And then I'll pray for you and then we'll close. Because here is what has happened. Many people have received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, but they don't talk to him. They don't communicate with him. They don't fellowship with him. One of the worst things you can do to somebody is to ignore them. Act like they don't even exist. And many people have treated the Holy Spirit as a Sunday morning phenomenon. I want to tell you when you leave church today, do not leave the Holy Spirit here. Take him with you to your job. Because there are issues going on on your job. Now when you take him there with you, as you commune with the Holy Spirit, he will help you to weather situations over there. We need this communion with the Holy Spirit. We need to commune with him. We need to share with him. We need to partner with him. And that's what is happening. Let's partner with him on a daily basis. If there's anything I want you to take home today, I want you to partner with the Holy Spirit every day. Talk to him. Because he wants to talk to you about your son. He wants to talk to you about your daughter. He wants to talk to you about your career. He wants to talk to you about life. He wants to talk to whatever you're going through. Ask the Holy Spirit. Do you know that before GPS came out, sometimes I have an address and I'll go there, I can't find the place. The Holy Spirit, you know where this place is. Will you take me there? And sure enough, he takes me there. How many times have I lost something? I can't find it. I've overthrown things. I've searched everywhere. I can't find it. Then I say, Holy Spirit, you know exactly where it is. Because you know why? The, the, God is omnipotent. God is, the Holy Spirit is omnipotent. God is omniscient. The Holy Spirit is omniscient. He knows everything. Before GPS got here, the Holy Spirit spirit knows exactly how to lead you to what you're looking for is but, but but how come how come how come he's not showing me things because i'm not fellowshipping with him when you ignore him when you ignore him like like for instance if you're a student in the university or in high school he knows algebra he knows fraction he knows biology. He knows physics. He knows chemistry. He knows every knowledge. As a student, he wants to help you. As a single mother, he wants to help you. As a father, he's there to help you. If you have yokes and addictions to drug addiction and alcohol, he wants to help you overcome them. He wants to break it off of you. The church have gotten carried away with the tongue part of the Holy Spirit. We've run off with that, but we have left the ministry of the Holy Spirit. A partnership with him. I talk to a lot of pastors who, I mean, who are on the verge of giving up on ministry. They want to quit. I had this pastor friend who just moved to another place. Just folded up, got tired, and left. Because he was so overwhelmed. 
And I began to ask him a question. Do you partner with the Holy Spirit? He said, well, I speak in tongues. I said, fine. How often do you talk to him? Here is the thing about the Holy Spirit. He's not limited to something. Because many of you, one service is over now. Holy Spirit, goodbye. I'll see you next Sunday. But as you're going, you say, but you got issues on your job. I have the answer. I have the counsel. I have what you're looking for. I want to help you. You are dealing. How do you deal with your husband? How do you deal with your wife? How do you do? He said, I've got the answer. But you've got to fellowship with me. Tell your neighbor, it's time to partner with the Holy Spirit. No, you didn't. Tell your neighbor, it's time to partner with the Holy Spirit. If you've lost anything, he's Mr. Lost and Found. I've lost keys several times before. And I can't find it. I've torn everything down. I said, Holy Spirit, you know where the key is. I will never forget this. One day, my wife lost something for three days. She searched everywhere. And I said, wait a minute. We haven't asked the Holy Spirit. He knows where it is. We've left him out. The thing with him is that if you want to go on without him, he will let you go on and wear yourself out. That's why he's likened to a dope. He's gentle. He will not force or impose himself on you. But when you acknowledge him and when you welcome him and you appreciate him and you partner with him and you, and you fellowship with him, he will begin to show you things. Do you know right now, whatever you're going through, the Holy Spirit has answers right now that can turn your situation around. One lady was saying to me, she became sick. And when she became sick, she said to me, Pastor, for, 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 for the past one week, I've been hearing in my ear, rest more, get more rest, spend more time to rest, get more time to rest. He said, I ignored that voice, and now this has happened. Many of us, the things we are going through are because we ignored him. He's talking to you. He's talking to you. He's telling you this man is not good for you. He's telling you this woman is not good for you. He's telling you this is not what to do. But you say, I got it. He said, fine, you go on. Amen. People say, well, you have a Google. Well, my son say, uh, was talking to his sister. I don't know if it's Inez about, she said, she used to give him something to, uh, some type of thing. She said, Inez, I don't have it anymore. He said, well, Google it. In other words, you can find it. <laughs> you know? But folks, there are some things that you can Google all day. Google cannot tell you whether you should marry this man or not. Whether you should marry this woman or not. Whether you should take this job or not. Whether you should go to the left or to the right or not. But there's one who has all the answer. And is the person of the Holy Spirit. Church, I want on the day of Pentecost. I want us, let there be a renewal, a revival, an awakening. That will rise up today to come into full cooperation and partnership with the Holy Spirit. Somebody shout hallelujah. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 13 verse number 1 that they fasted and as they ministered to the Lord. Oh, I thought God is the one who ministered to us. It's true. But the Bible says as they ministered to the Lord. Verse number 2. As they ministered to the Lord. the Holy, and As they ministered to the Lord. As they ministered to the Lord. How do you minister to the Lord? How do you minister to the Lord? We minister to the Lord by getting up every morning and, and just bless his name. 
and just worship him and just praise him and say, Lord, thank you. Oh, I appreciate you. Holy Spirit, you are my best friend. You are my teacher. You are my senior partner. You are my counselor. You are my leader. You are my enabler. As your partner with him. Look at the next statement. He said, as the minister to the Lord, the Holy Spirit spoke. As the minister to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, child of God, he wants to say so many things to you. She finds a house. She finds a house. How many offers were on the house before you got there? There were two offers on the house she wants. And she enters this house. And the Holy Spirit said to her, This is your house. When he speaks, all other offers are inconsequential and they are irrelevant when he speaks. His word is the final authority. When he says anything, nobody can disannul what he says. He said, this is, this is your house. Am I right about that? And when the Holy Spirit said, this is your house, what do you do? You just prepare. What they said, they said, they said. Forget about what they said. What did he say? He said, this is my house. To cut the story short, she's moved into the house. She's closed on that very house. Today. Come on, you can celebrate a sister now. Come on now. Come on, let's celebrate God. Hallelujah. Come on, shout hallelujah. Amen. Please sit down. Oh my God, what is going to tell you again? I, I'll never forget this. This property we are in, I took y'all, many of you, to Old Covington Highway. Wait, how many of you remember? We found a building over there and on Covington uh, Drive, Old Covington Highway. And I was trying to convince you all, this is the building, this is the building. Elder uh, Anusin was so blunt. He said, Pastor, there are too many industries in this area. This is not the place. And then some of you tried to cajole you, convince you that this is the building. Many of you were saying no. I'll never forget. Dickie Ebenezer came to me and said, Pastor, uh, this is not our brand. <laughs> well, then I went to Orlando, Florida with my wife and I to, fellow, to, to, to vacation. And while we are there, I will get up every morning at 5 o'clock to commune with the Holy Spirit. To talk to him. And I said, Holy Spirit, this is what they are saying. I don't want to go. There's too many oppositions. There's too many things going on here. But what are you saying? Now, if you tell me to go after it in spite of what they're saying, I will go. But if not, I don't want to make any move till I hear you. Because when you speak, nobody can stand against your voice. And I'm praying in, in Florida, praying in the Holy Ghost. And when I'm praying in the Holy Spirit, this building just flashed in my eyes. And he said, call the, the agent now. I said to my wife, we are going back to Georgia. He said, vacation is not over yet. I said, for me, it's over with. Because God has spoken. We need to go now. And I brought some of you here. I'll never forget Dickie Ebenezer again. As soon as he drove into these premises, he said, Pastor, this is our brand. This is, he said, I will be proud to invite my friends to church. Although I'm still waiting for you to invite your friends. So. 
And folks, when we came here, how many of you know that there were some Amorites, I mean some people occupying this building already? The Hittites and the Perizzites and the, 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 the Parasites. There were people living here before we came here. But it didn't matter why the Holy Spirit has. Come on, tell me that the Holy Spirit has. The Bible says, who can say a thing except the Lord? Who will say something that will not come to pass? When he says anything, it comes to pass. We are in this building because of the Holy Spirit. So he wants to talk to you about if you are going out with a man here is a problem many of you when you meet a man when you meet a woman you, you this is what you do to the holy spirit i pray for a man with a bow leg and a bald head and this is what it is and that's all i'm gonna do man looks at the outward appearance man looks at six parts man looks at bank account but god the holy spirit looks when my wife had a health issue she said to me honey thank you for not leaving me i said why will you say that he said there are some men that when you have a health issue they walk out on you to go pick up and start all over again. I said to her, I said, sweetheart, let me tell you something. God knew that this was going to happen. And he searched out and picked me and trusted me with the responsibility to care for you, to be here for you because I ain't going nowhere, man. I, I, I'm here to stay. Come on, say amen this morning, church. I want you to build a relationship. Partner with the Holy Spirit. Amelia, in your real estate business, partner with him. As you drive from one place to the other, talk to him. Fellowship with him. Misha, talk to him. Worship him. And he talks to me. I remember when I first got married, I was very, very impatient. Now, I've grown in that area. I'm not all the way there yet, but I'm on my way. I'll, I'll be driving on I-20. He will tell me. He says, son, be very patient with your wife. He said to me, he said, you've got a good wife. She goes to work. She don't create problem for you. She's supportive of you. He said, boy, don't mess a good thing when you got it going on. Amen. And that's the same thing for some of you ladies as well. You know, God has put a good husband in your life. But you say, hey, nobody's going to tell me what to do. i got the Holy Ghost. No, you ain't got the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is orderly. The Holy Spirit will not cause you to disrespect and dishonor and abuse your husband in the name of the Holy Spirit. That's not the Holy Spirit. Because one of the proof that you have the Holy Spirit, Ephesians chapter 5 says, submitting yourselves one to another. Thank you. Because here's what's going to happen. We come here, we pray in tongues, rah, bah, 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 and then we go home, that's the end of Pentecost. No, 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 no. This year, it cannot end here on Sunday morning. We must 
go in the person and flow in the power of the Holy Spirit. Can somebody shout amen? As you fellowship with him, you'll see what will begin to happen. You'll begin to see more of his gift operating in your life. This Friday, how many of you are here on Friday? Did you remember, you can go, go back and watch the video. Did you remember me saying that there's somebody here who is having a heart issue? Heart palpitation. Did you remember me saying that on Friday? Okay. If you are not sure, go back to Friday. Roll it. The speaker was not the speaker. He was preaching standing here. And while I'm standing there, the Holy Spirit said to me, somebody's having a heart condition. Somebody's having a heart issue. Tell them I'm healing them right now. I'm sitting here this morning. A lady comes to me this morning and says, I didn't come on Thursday. I came on Friday. Why didn't God give me the word of knowledge on Thursday? Because the person it was meant for was not here on Thursday. But the person showed up on Friday. And she came to me and said, Pastor, I was so blown away. How did you know that it is not me? It is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I, could you stand to your feet? Come now. I want to pray for you. This is the lady. He said, I am. Come, come, come. He said, I am brother man's uh, uh, sister. I am sister Elizabeth's sister. I am. Is that what you told me? This morning? Tell me what you told me this morning. Um, I came up to him and I said, oh, how did you know? You? I said, you was walking down my street. And he was like, huh? I said, um, you was talking about me with them heart palpitations and the shortness of breath. I had been dealing with that for over a week. Over a week. And another thing I had said, I was like, Lord, if this church is for me, let me know it's for me. Because my brother go here, a man and my sister Elizabeth go here, and I don't just want to come because they was here. And I just said, Lord, just show me this is for me. And when he spoke that word, and the Lord told this is where you need to be. I will see you on Sunday. <laughs> can, you just, can you just stretch your hands now? And just pray over. Just stretch your hands right now. Go one prayer partner. Just lay your hands on her. In the name of Jesus. Whatever is wrong with your heart. Come on now. Speak over her. Whatever is wrong with your heart. We speak healing now. The heart palpitation stops now. Every blockage is removed now. The shortness of breath. You are healed. By the authority of the name of Jesus. You are healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we praise you. We love you. We glorify you because the healing has taken place already. In Jesus' name, somebody celebrate Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. Now, that's not me. I'm not smart enough to know that. I'm not smart enough. I'm not intelligent enough to know that. But it's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He loves us. He cares for us. He cares for us. Have you ever wanted to go on a trip and you have a, a check in your spirit? Say, don't go. Don't go. Don't go. That's the Holy Spirit talking to you. He will tell you, don't marry this man. Don't marry this woman. Don't go here. Don't do that. We saw him at work through the New Testament. Paul wanted to go to somewhere. The Bible said the Holy Spirit forbade him. The Holy Spirit said to Paul, don't go. So he wants to talk to you about love. I don't want you to come here today and we shout and we praise God and we go home and we live the greater part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit, which is communion. Your company. There are things he knows about your business that you don't know about. There are ideas, there are concepts. How, how can he download this to you? You have to show up. You have to connect to collect. 
you have to fellowship with him every day. You have to spend time with him every day. And, 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 and there are so many things he brings. When he comes, the Bible says he's your counselor. He's your teacher. Oh, I love this one. Your helper. Have you tried to do something you couldn't do on your own? He said, I got the help you're looking for. Guide. Leader. What else again the Bible talks about him? Comforter. What do you say? The advocate. He's the one that revealed Jesus. His primary assignment. His greatest assignment. His number one assignment is to reveal Jesus to you. That's his primary assignment. Now, sit down. Let me, as I round up now, here is what some people say. Here is the question. Is the Holy Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, is it for everybody? You see, you are not very sure about that. We have not dismissed yet, please. We have not dismissed yet. The Holy Spirit, there are some people who say, well, I go to uh, uh, Man Bogey, so we don't believe in the Holy Spirit. No, well, oh, I go to, oh, I'm a Baptist, or I'm a Methodist, or I'm Pentecostal, I'm, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. The Holy Spirit is for everybody. On the day of Pentecost, Peter answered this question. In Acts chapter 2 verse 37, he said, this promise, look at it. He said, this promise is unto you and to your children and to as many as are far off. Now look at your scripture, write it down. He said, for this promise is unto you. Tell your neighbor, this promise is for you as well. No, I'm, come on now, tell them this promise is for you as well. The promise is for you, for who? For you. Not only for you, but for my, for my own children. And for all who are far off. For all whom the Lord our God will call. If God has called you, this promise is for you. Come on, say after me, this promise is for me. The Holy Spirit is for everybody. In Joel chapter 2 verse 28, it shall come to pass in the last days. I will pour out my spirit upon some flesh. Come on, upon some flesh, upon how many flesh? If you have a flesh, then this promise is for you as well. And so when this Holy Spirit comes, you will begin to dream dreams. You will begin to dream dreams that are beyond your paycheck. You begin to dream dreams that are beyond your bank account. You begin to dream dreams that no member of your family has ever dreamed. You begin to go to places where no member of your family has barriers. You begin to raise up a standard. You begin to redefine what has been going on in your family. He said, when you come, you begin to dream dreams and see visions. That means when the Holy Spirit comes, he affects your sight. Have you been driving by and you see a property? Everybody's been bypassing it. Nobody sees it. But because of the Holy Spirit, he opens your eyes that you can put a business here. You can start this here. You can do this here. Come on, come on, say amen this morning, church. While you are praying, while you are praying, well, have you seen something? An idea comes, an intrusive thought comes. Just, it just hits you like that. When I was growing up as a believer, I thought that's the devil messing up with my prayer. And God said, no, I'm talking to you. Call this person. Talk to this person. Do this. He said, I'm the one. I, I was saying, I bind you. He said, you can't bind me. I'm the one. I'm your, I'm, I've come to help you. So the promise of the Holy Spirit is for how many people? It's for oh. What does it take to receive? If you want to receive, if you want to receive, number one, 
thirst, hunger. The Bible tells us in, uh, in, in, in John 7, 37, 38, it says, on the great day of the feast, Jesus cried out with a loud voice and said, if anyone who is thirsty may come to me and drink, anyone who believes in me can come and drink for the scripture declares rivers of living water will flow from where church from well i like the scripture that says from your belly the rivers will flow from your belly bellies it will flow from your belly that's why the day i received the baptism in the holy spirit i went forward on the fifth day of july 1982 at a quarter till 8 p.m and when I went forward and I asked for the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I began to feel strange syllables, words. Now, I speak different languages, but I recognized, I was there, I said, man, I'm hearing some words. It's not my native language. It's not English language. It was not a word I was used to. And at that very moment, I heard the Holy Spirit say, that's me, that's me, I'm here. He said to me, I want you to begin to say it. I said, but they'll think I'm stupid. It doesn't sound, it sounds gibberish. He said, no, don't call what I'm doing gibberish. He said, now you are allowing your mind to interfere with what I'm doing right now. You are rationalizing. You are trying to explain it. You are allowing what you learned in school to mess up with what I'm doing right now. And he said, no, 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 just receive it. And then I yielded my tongue because I was so hungry. I was so thirsty. Matthew chapter 5 verse 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be what church? You will be filled to the degree of your thirst. Now this morning, look at this. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. If you're hungry, God will fill you up. When you say, God, I want the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you are saying, God, I'm hung I hunger for you. I want more of you. I want to be filled with all the fullness of the Godhead in my life. So, if you come here this morning, if you are not thirsty, in a moment I'm going to say, if you want to be filled in the Holy Spirit, come forward. Here's some reactions I get. Amen. They're looking at me. The only person who matters now is him. You know, and that's up to you. If you're fine with the way you are, that's fine. But there are those of us, that day, I rushed forward. The preacher was preaching. And I couldn't wait. I said, I wish you'd keep quiet now. I wish you'd round it up now. I'm ready to receive this third person of the Godhead in my life. I want to experience his fullness. And I rushed forward and I knelt down and I lifted my hands and I asked him. That's the next thing. How do you receive? You ask. You, number one is hunger. Number two, you do what church you ask. The Bible says in Luke chapter 11, he said, ask and you shall receive ask and you shall receive and so i tell you keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for keep on seeking and you will find keep on knocking and the door will be open to you for everyone for everyone for everyone for everyone who has the audacity to ask receives anyone who asks you say, i've got the supply Then it goes on, Father, verse number 11. He said, which one of you, 
your, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? If they ask for a neck, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. Then it says, so if you sinful people know how to give gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give who the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So how do you receive? Ask. And then after asking, what is the next thing now? That's the final step. What do you do? You just receive. Acts chapter 2. Verse 1 says, on the, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were assembled in one place together. And then it goes on. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And somebody said, well, how come we are not seeing the wind today? Well, that was the initial coming. It came with fire and brimstone, the foster. I mean, external manifestations. But it's already here. Came from as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared to them divided tongues of fire and one sat upon each of them now, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak who was doing the speaking is it the Holy Spirit or you that is where many people miss it if you don't open your mouth, the Holy Spirit cannot speak. How? Okay, the Holy Spirit said there was somebody on Friday who, who has a heart problem. That's what the Holy Spirit said. But he has to use a vessel to, uh, to say it. When you open up your mouth, God comes out of you. When you lay hands on people, God comes out of you. Peter said to the men at the gate, he said, silver and gold have I numbered such as I have. I give you that. The Bible tells us the word is as they, they, they speak with other tongues, as the spirit gave them utterance. What is the word utterance? The word utterance is the word syllable, words, speech. So, we are in partnership with the Holy Spirit. According to Acts chapter 2 verse 4, he provides the words and I do the speaking. Come on now. He does what? His job is to do what? To provide you with the words. Verse number 4. But your job is to do what church too. So, so, so if you don't want to speak, there is nothing he can do about that. So is it possible that you can be filled in the Holy Spirit and not speak? Yes. How do we know that? Well, your prayer life is another evidence that, that you have. Another one is witness. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, You shall receive power. The word power there, the Greek word dynamis. Dynamic power. You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And then you shall be witnesses. One of the proof or the evidence that you are in partnership and in cooperation with the Holy Spirit is that you want to win souls. You want to bring people to God. Ah, I don't understand this thing about I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I have no desire to win souls. You go a whole year, nobody's coming to Jesus Christ. Nobody's been born again through you. As long as I got my house, my car, my job, my money, that's all. But you're not winning any soul. The primary job of the Holy Spirit is to reveal Jesus and to help us win the world, to help us change this world for the glory of God. Come and stand to your feet this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to the message brought to you today by Overcomers Christian Fellowship. If this message has been a blessing to you, will you consider partnering with us? 
Your financial contribution will go towards furthering the gospel here in the United States and abroad. Overcomers Christian Fellowship greatly appreciates your contribution and pray that it is met a hundredfold. May God's countenance shine upon you and his hand steadily be upon your life. You can connect with our ministry by visiting www.ocfinternational.org.